The difference between having a great quarter, making your number, or reporting a bad quarter often comes down to the effectiveness of your sales team's discovery calls and demos. But how do you make sure your reps are doing the right things on their calls in order to finish the quarter strong? Well, introducing Gong.io, the number one conversation intelligence platform for B2B sales teams. Gong helps you ensure your reps are doing deep discovery calls and crisp sales demos by recording, transcribing, and analyzing their calls. And Gong allows you to understand how well your playbook is being followed and analyze how well it's working so you can constantly move the needle on your win rates. Now, if you request a demo of Gong as a result of hearing this message, you'll get a free ebook copy of my award-winning book, Zero Time Selling, 10 Essential Steps to Accelerate Every Company's Sales. So go to gong.io forward slash accelerate to request your no-obligation demo and get your copy of my award-winning book, Zero Time Selling. Again, that's gong.io forward slash accelerate, G-O-N-G dot I-O forward slash accelerate. So go there now and come back and enjoy today's episode. It's time to accelerate. Hey, friends, this is Andy. Welcome to episode 550 of Accelerate, the sales podcast of record, where I hold in-depth conversations with today's leading experts in sales, marketing, and leadership six days a week. I was just sort of pausing there for a second because it seemed like it was just yesterday we were at episode 500. So, 550. Well, joining me on the show today is Srihari Kumar, and Srihari is the CEO at Zen IQ. And Zen IQ is an AI-driven, account-based orchestration system. So we're going to dive into what account-based orchestration really means and how it fits into the whole account-based sales movement. And we're going to talk about the value also about predictive analytics and data in this whole space. So before we get to Srihari, let me remind you that today's show is brought to you in part by friends at gong.io. Gong analyzes your sales calls and demos so you can understand what's working and what's not. And it's a great coaching tool to help managers boost rep productivity. So check it out at gong.io forward slash accelerate. If you do that today, you get a free PDF copy of my award-winning book, Zero Time Selling. If you'd like to see the show notes for this episode, go to andypaul.com forward slash 550. Get a time-stamped breakdown you'll see there of all the conversations we have on Accelerate. Well, certainly this conversation as well as all other conversations on Accelerate. So please, please be sure to go there and check it out. So right, let's jump right into it with Srihari. Srihari Kumar, welcome to Accelerate. Thank you for having me, Andy. Yeah, pleasure to have you on the show. So I saw this ongoing research project I do where I, I ask all my guests the same first question on the show. And, and uh, when I get enough answers, I'll compile them into a report. I've done this once before on <laughs> the question I asked the first 300 guests on my show. Now I'm doing it for the next 300. So... Question is, in your mind, what's what's the single biggest challenge facing sales reps today? The single biggest challenge is that data uh, in in business to business sales, right? B two B business B two B, right? Yeah, uh, the single biggest challenge is there is a lot of gold in the data that's being collected that's just not uh, at the fingertips of the salespeople, whether it is internal data or external data. If you look at Salesforce, Salesforce has become a giant log file. Uh, there's so <laughs> many technologies, right? You have in the sales and marketing stack all pouring in activity logs into Salesforce, but nobody's even looking at it and processing it. And not to mention every quarter I hear a new big source of external data. There are sources that are now compiling the news uh, that is unstructured and organizing it uh, into a structured manner or there is sources of intent data where they were not even on your website and, and they are on some other website 
showing, uh, giving off these buying signals, and there are companies harnessing that. There is so much data all over the place, right? But it's not organized and presented to the salesperson so that they can actually use it and focus on selling rather than finding this this data. Well, one of the questions that, at least to my mind, logically follows from that is, would a salesperson, or even a sales leader for that matter, do they really know what to do with that data? Right? I mean, one of the one of the problems that exists with data, we all know this, uh, is that you know we our first impulse is to use data to sort of confirm our own narratives of, of the world, right? So our, our confirmation bias comes into play. And so there's really this open question is that, yeah, we can serve up data to sales leaders and serve up data to salespeople, but do they really understand what to do with it? I mean, are, are we giving them even the tools to help them say, yeah, well, here's, here's, here are the assumptions that underlie this data? Because first of all, you got to understand that before you can really understand the context of the data and help them say, okay, yeah, let me make use of this data we're getting. Great point. So think of the, let's talk about um, an analogy here, right? Mm -hmm. There's this concept of self-driving car, right? And and that kind of, you know, um, there's AI being used in in every area. Mm -hmm. The big question is, can we use AI to do exactly what you're saying? To process this this data and actually give what we call the next best action or the next best account action mm-hmm. to this person. Uh, and that is the quest. I think there are several companies um, looking at this and uh, Salesforce's Einstein for ABM announcement today or, or their, uh, traditionally their focus on Einstein has also been a quest in that direction. Well, I mean, and that raises all sorts of questions in and of itself, right? Because when you talk to people about AI and sales, and not to go too deep down the rabbit hole on this, but is that is that sort of falls into two categories, right? As at least as I'm seeing it from all the people I speak to for the show, and you know, interviewed hundreds of hundreds of technology leaders and so on for the show, is is that you know AI and sales can go one direction, which is let AI sort of take care of the repetitive tasks that salespeople don't need to necessarily spend their own mental energy or physical energy on so they can focus more on actual sales. Or there's the one, as you sort of described, as, yeah, AI providing signals, you know, the nudge in the back or the, uh, you know, the whisper in the ear saying, hey, this is, this is what you should do next. Or, hey, maybe in the context of this conversation, why don't you ask this question? And yes. And it's sort of like, okay, well, hmm, which <laughs> very distinct opposing you know, points of view about where the real value from AI can come in sales. Absolutely. I think uh, with any technology, um, Gartner popularized this hype cycle, right, where they say there is this peak of inflated expectations, and then people realize, oh, my God, that's never going to happen. So there's then they reach the crash into this trough of disillusionment and then they come back right to the plateau of productivity i mean if you're familiar with that with, uh, mm-hmm. with yeah. Yeah. High cycle right. and i think even in ai for sales uh we will go through that uh where they think ai is the holy grail it's going to just literally tell me it's it's almost the equivalent of saying 
I have a self-driving car. I don't even need to tell it. It'll read my mind and take me wherever I want to go. I mean, it, it'll, well, it's, it'll... It's, it's even worse than that, I think, because I think what it is is I've got a self-driving car. I don't need to learn how to drive. Right. Right? I mean, that, I mean to me, that's, that's, you know, salespeople's ears perk up when you talk about yeah, yes. having AI that's going to tap on the shoulder and tell them what to do next. It's like, I don't even have to learn how to sell. This would be great. Right. right. Yes. So I think it's going to go through this wild roller coaster of, oh, it's going to do everything for me, right? I don't need to uh, do anything. And then they will they will reach the, they will crash into this trough of disillusionment saying, oh, AI is never going to work. And then I think they will realize, okay, there is this balance. Uh, the machine, um, though it's called artificial intelligence, it's not never going to be intelligent. It's going to automate what is uh, what needs massive amount of data processing. So let's take some examples. Mm-hmm. So um, first good example I will take, which uh, we are solving as, as one of the problems. Automatically find all those people that your company has sold to in the past, but those people have moved into new jobs which, you know, in companies that happen to be in your territory as a salesperson, mm-hmm. and you don't know about it because some somebody else had sold them, right? Because, you know, they were, and they were a customer. So they're open to listening to you. So you want to be there first, right? Congratulate them on their job and, and be there. And it's a much easier sale. Now, if, can the human do it? Yes, right? It, it takes a lot of effort. Is this the ideal task for the machine to do? Absolutely. Sure. Right? Right. And, and so this is, this is a very popular one that we do in our platform uh, where we present the salesperson with, here are all the people who have moved, uh, who, who used to be your customer, moved into a new company that is a target account for you, go sell, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there are many, many examples like this, um, and and that is where if you leverage AI, uh, you free up the salesperson to actually do the selling rather than all these repetitive tasks, research tasks. Yeah, and that falls into one of the camps that, that we talked about before, right, for AI that that seem to be more more practical and perhaps less likely to sort of fall into the trough as as you had mentioned because yeah they're sort of less less fantastical and they and they're sort of in my mind they they're not you know ins- inserting themselves between the salesperson and the customer right which i think is still to me that's still somewhat problematic for for ai not to say it won't get there at some point in time but not clear what that would be and what it would be that would have the best the best use for it. Yes, yes. Although so, I'm, I'm, you know, honestly, uh, there are approaches like yeah, the, there's there are companies that are automating the emails mm-hmm. that uh, the email conversations, literally, right? Sure, right. Uh, and I'm still skeptical of that, uh, though I have seen some pretty in, impressive demos of, of, of that. Of course, those are demos, right? We allowed to see in the real world how it works, but... I think there's a lot, yeah, it seems like a lot of work being done sort of in the... I'll, I'll 
label those chatbots, if you will, or similar to chatbots, right? Is is right. automated emails that sort of like whatever the name of the automated virtual assistant, uh, Allison, or whatever that is, which personally I find hugely annoying to work with, but <laughs> yeah, because it's in my mind it's not quite there yet. Yeah, um, but yeah, but that again, even the email you could argue say is. From a sales development standpoint, that is one of those repetitive tasks that, from a first pass, is, you know, quite honestly, you know, people always talk about, you know, mass personalization of the SDR emails and so on. But we all know that's not really what's happening, right? It's it's just basically being blasted out. Well, yeah, can a machine do that as well? Probably. Right. (laughs) Yes. For all the thought that goes into it. Well, let's talk about Zen IQ specifically. So tell us a little bit about the company. What was the impetus to start the company? Yeah. So what I what I found was uh, there is a tectonic shift happening in the market. Um, I founded a marketing automation company uh, in the in the wave of mar- uh, you know, marketing automation companies. And we were fortunate to be one of the, <clears throat> one of the five companies <clears throat> that actually succeeded. I ended up selling it to Calidus Cloud and was heading their marketing cloud uh, division. Mm-hmm. And those were times when marketing automation, right? So marketing automation meant uh, marketing only, operating in a silo, and, and automating uh, the lead nurturing tasks, right? What I saw in the last two years was there's a big realization coming into the marketing departments that they can no longer operate in a silo. And it is not marketing automation, but it's marketing and sales orchestration because they are touching the same companies, right? So that is the first thing. The second realization that started happening was it's not a buyer, but it's a buying center, right? It's multiple people that you're selling to who play different roles. Mm-hmm. One is primary buyer, another is an influencer, another is a user, and there might be even a saboteur, right? And and, and sure. uh, buying center. So that was the second realization, right? So first realization, it's marketing and sales orchestration rather than marketing automation in a silo. Second realization, it's not the buyer, but it's the buying center that you need to be aware of. And the third realization was there were way too many tools in the marketing and sales technology stack, all of which are important. That that was a reflection of the proliferation of the number of channels, right, through which you could reach out to the customers. That's great. But they were all operating in silos, right? And uh, that was the fundamental, you know, those were the three realizations that marketers had. And that was the perfect storm, right? That created the need for something like Zen IQ, right? And um, uh, so, so what we said was, let's do this. Let's first build from ground up what we call the account hub, right? Which is and the people hub, which is this one system of truth, right? About all the account data, internal data, external data. Um, data about people, right? Uh, at those at those companies, data about the company itself, data about your engagement, your activities, your outreach activities, 
because there are multiple people at your company reaching out to multiple people at the at the target accounts. So that was the platform, right? That was the foundation. Mm-hmm. And layered on top of it was what we call the next best account action layer, which is the intelligence layer. So what uh, our mission is, for every account, there is multiple next best actions, which different you know, uh, sales or SDRs or marketers or even customer success in terms of upselling need to take. Can we go as far as possible with AI and machine learning and data science, right? And empower all those people who are touching those accounts with those next best actions. So that's essentially what uh, ZenIQ did, right? And and that's what we have. So where do you? I mean, okay. I, first of all, I'm not sure whether we thank you or curse you for adding yet another variation of account-based something with the account-based orchestration, because now we add it onto account-based marketing, account-based sales, account-based sales development, <laughs> let's see, uh, account-based revenue, account-based everything. Um, so how are you sort of differentiating orchestration from all those other uh, suffixes that we just talked about? Yeah, so account-based, um, you know, account-based marketing is a very broad term, Um so what 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 we are saying is our position is there is the individual execution systems so whether it's email or display ads or you know calling or or like mm-hmm. sdr emails versus emails there are the individual execution systems that operate for each channel but there is a there is a need for an intelligence and orchestration layer that's going to use one unified account view mm-hmm. of what's going on, right? And then uses that in order to orchestrate across these systems. So for example, let's take an account where uh, CXOs are being sent lots of email. And as we know, CXOs are busy, they may not be open to looking at email. Is there a system that can say, hey, there is lots of SDR emails going out, but there is no engagement, Mm -hmm. right? And traditionally, if you look at what's worked for CXOs at the company, it's CXO dinners. And here, you know, add them to what we call smart play, right? So so the smart play is is the orchestration unit that we have. So Mm -hmm. add them to a CXO dinner Smart play, right? Which is the um, you know, which is the orchestration unit. So that is an example uh, of an intelligence layer that orchestrates across. Re- realizes that remove the CXO from emails, right, and add them to an in-person dinner. Um, so that that's what I'm talking about. That's orchestration. Got it. Yeah, I was just thinking that from a AI standpoint. Think about our our previous conversation we're having about this is that you know it's almost like when you give that particular scenario you know part of what i would (laughs) i would prefer if the ai do is be able to if i were a sales leader and look at my team is to say if the ai say yeah the best path the cxo is not for us to let's say invite him to a dinner him or her to a dinner but to say that yeah, there's a person one step below the CXO that we've been dealing with who could provide the introduction, 
that would be the best the best path. Absolutely, and that's one of the things. So what we do is we look at um, at an aggregate level because humans are at 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 an aggregate level humans tend to be really smart, right? Mm-hmm. And if you look at if you have a hundred person uh, sales team. If you look at the aggregate behavior, right, as to where are they trying to penetrate, it'll be one level below the CXO. Yes, absolutely, right. So, so if you find that somebody is trying to, one of the you know sales reps or SDRs is trying to penetrate at the C level, you advise them, right, that traditionally the first person you reach out to at a company of this profile, right, which which is of this size in this geo is the director or VP level, right? And therefore you should be engaging and this individual exists and and engage with this individual, right? And we we there's one other uh, wrinkle to that. There is I, I call it title sprawl, right? And mm-hmm. and an example of what I mean by title sprawl. So a VP of HR could be called VP of people or VP of culture or VP of talent or VP of compensation and so on and so forth, VP of recruiting. There's so many variations. And in each function, there are so many variations. And rather than putting the burden on the SDR or the salesperson to figure out, okay, what are all the possible titles, right, that I should be searching for, one of the things our platform does is it, it, searches for those. I call it the title broad match, right? (laughs) (laughs) And figures out that, hey, look, this is the right person you should be reaching out to. So don't talk to the CXO, penetrate here. And this is the right channel to use uh, in order to penetrate them. All right. So let's step up just a level, because this is a a question that there are a couple of questions that always sort of come to me as as I think about this. Because I spent many years selling, you know, large, large systems into large, large enterprises, and and the you know the methodology hasn't changed substantially. But now we're sort of putting a new name to it, and we're adding some technology to it. I mean, you know, one of the things you oftentimes hear about ABM is people say, "Well, it's it's really it's a solution in search of a problem." I mean, right? I mean, does yeah, it? But- I mean, I'm sure you you maybe have heard that before. Is 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 it, and this is sort of the second part of the of this particular question. Is yeah, I use as much new technology as I can get. I mean, I think back to my early days in sales. I would have killed to have some of the tools that exist today. But my concern is, I'm not seeing any evidence that they're really making a difference, right? That they're really right. moving the needle for sales as a whole, even sales within the SaaS industry. And I know there are lots of factors that play into it. But but what are you seeing in this regard? Yes, so I agree with you, and I think it's uh, and let me let me give you some insight right into into why we are seeing this. We 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 anticipated this is going to happen, uh, and there's a couple of things I want to clarify. So first mm-hmm. of all, the first reaction I started hearing was, "Look, ABM is nothing new. Um, it's you know even before the digital the pre digital marketing era." Uh, it was account-based selling, right? So, so it, what is sure. different, right? Absolutely. And I think here's what is different. So traditionally, ABM was meant uh, that there is a handful of strategic accounts 
and the marketer works with the account teams in in sales in order to craft a very one-on-one personalized strategy to engage that account, right? Mm -hmm. What's changed? Now, obviously, that was not scalable pre-digital era. Right. What's changed uh, in the last 15 years is we have gotten to a point where there is enough data sources and systems to do this at scale for all your target accounts, right? So we have companies, we have customers whose list of target accounts is 10,000 and they have less than five people in the marketing department. And and what does ABM mean in, in that context? So in that context, it means, you know, taking an account view and crafting a personalized strategy for that account as to who should go after, you know, what is the next message uh, to engage? What is the path? Now, of course, it the machine... Like, it sounds like they need to narrow their niche just a little bit, but yeah, go ahead. Yes, agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, now, uh, so let me address what... what you were saying so this this concept of disillusionment, right? Because they tried ABM, but they're not seeing. You know, they they thought that's the holy grail and it's not moving the needle. And I think it's because of the mindset of I'll just buy an ABM tool. It's a check mark, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and they'll buy one tool again. ABM has started to act as its own silo now, right? Because I checked the box, I bought a tool that claimed it was ABM and I'm done, right? And that was the fundamental issue, which is why we said orchestration, right? You need account-based orchestration and orchestration, without orchestration, it will just not work, right? And mm-hmm. and and so, so we anticipated this, which is why we came up with the pure orchestration play, which is what is an IQ. And we are seeing our customers are uh, seeing results, right? Uh, big results, and um, they they have started saying after Salesforce and marketing automation, the most critical system is is NIQ because it's orchestrating across my entire sales and marketing stack so that I get results from from those. Yeah, and I and I the question is not that it won't help companies who are. Uh, successful anyway, right? I mean, that's this is to me. This is really the the point I was making is that you know there are companies. Let's let's take in the tech space that that the ones that are successful, we're going to be successful in any event, probably. Yeah, regardless of what you know, sales technologies they were using, applying to their their task. So for me, is it is it helping the companies that that maybe weren't at that level? But help them sort of take the next step up. That's 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 what I want to see sort of consistently happen with a lot of these technologies. That's why I'm concerned is it's not the technologies aren't great, as we just haven't learned how to apply them in a way that that does move the needle for the companies that aren't already successful. Absolutely. So it's almost like, you know, to give an analogy, it's an amplifier, right? Mm-hmm. And if if you have a process and a team and uh, a product and a messaging and, and a sales process that is working to a certain extent, 
what this does is it amplifies that in a big way, right? And and accelerates it, right? But if you have something that's not working and you think ABM is the silver bullet that will solve my problems, that's where it breaks down, right? And and that's what I have seen. Yeah, and that was sort of my point is, is I think that uh, the companies that have really benefited from over the last five, 10 years, this incredible influx of sales technologies, you know, to sort of use analogy, it's, it's the rich getting richer, right? I mean, right. <laughs> and so when, when it hasn't really moved the needle, when you see industry reports about, you know, rep overall rep performance and, you know, closed rates and so on, the reason those numbers aren't getting better in some cases are dropping is that, yeah, the vast bulk of the companies in the field aren't able to benefit from it the way they should. But the upper crust that's always going to be successful, they're the ones that are using it to the greatest effect. And so I think right. the, cha- the challenge for us is, yeah, how do, we, how do we make this next level down? How do we make the B players into A players with it? Right. And, and, and if, if people start to think, um, oh, instead of making sure we have the right organizational habits or the right uh, sales process, instead of that, I'm just going to buy technology and it's going to work. That's not going to happen, right? Well, right. It, we've we've seen that with CRM systems, right? I mean, yes, they're the perfect perfect exemplar of that. So, one last question for you, and the couple of minutes we have left is, and this is not specifically about Zen IQ. It's it's sort of about again this this influx of technology we see that, and it, one of the reasons perhaps it's not connecting with with the users as well as it should is that is I I never hear or when I go on people's websites and I look at websites for new tech companies like Grace Announcements, because I every Thursday I talk to a on my show, I I talk to another founder CEO of a sales tech company, is they never say how their system helps the buyer make a better decision. It's always about how we're helping sales, but it's like we're only helping part of the equation, right? So how's it how's it help the buyer? Because you know if the if the buyer's mission and I firmly believe, and it's, this has been written about as well, is that you know, buyers have a goal, which is to, in general, when they set out to make a decision, is to quickly gather the information they need to make a good decision with the least investment of their time and effort possible. But if on one hand we acknowledge the buyers have access to all this ready information and are increasingly sophisticated, basically what we're saying is we're creating all these tools to flood the inboxes of better educated customers with, you know, Sort of least common denominator type messaging. Totally. So um, there are two classes of you know um, technologies if if you think about it. One that helps the you know it levels the playing field in some some ways, right? For the companies using those technologies in order to effectively get their message out to uh, their target accounts, and there's the other that enables the the those target accounts to actually do better research and and i think um if you think about us we uh are trying to focus more on you have the messaging and how do you get it in a timely manner in the right channel to the right set of people right Mm -hmm. and and we the buying center is kind of ingrained into into what we do because we believe so so to answer your question what are we doing to, to for 
that particular problem. What we are doing is we are saying the first thing we figure out for you is we figure out your buying center. And at each target account, it is going to be a different set of people, different set of titles. Mm -hmm. So we are using data science, AI, uh, in order to figure out your buying center. And based on what's worked in the past, what message, what channel. Uh, for example, we figured out that for these set of companies, you need to be upselling this product because based on your past data, we see that this is the sequence, right? And, and this is the right sequence. This is the next product you should be selling them, right? So, so mm -hmm. this is an example where we, we do our part in order to make sure that you're sending the right message at the right time to the right you know, set of people in the buying center, right? Got it. Yeah, I like it. That makes sense. All right. Well, Srihari, unfortunately, we've run out of time. I'd love to continue talking. Maybe we'll have you back on the show a second time. So uh, tell folks how they can find out more about ZenIQ and connect with you. It's really simple. So um, go to zeniq.io slash orchestrate and put in your Salesforce, um, you know, OAuth, right, uh, credentials. And you will actually see within 30 minutes, you will start seeing recommendations um, that that you can, you know, uh, it, it gets more and more sophisticated as you put in more into the system. Interesting. Okay. And if people want to connect with you? Yeah. The best way is um, connect with me on Twitter um, at uh, Sri S. Kumar. Got it. All right. Well, again, thank you very much for being on the show. And friends, thank you for spending this time with us today. Remember, come back and join us again tomorrow for another great episode of Accelerate. So thanks again for joining me. And until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.